everybody. I look forward to this episode. We have uh, Daniel Viskovich from DV Health and Performance. It's gonna be a great episode. We're gonna talk a lot about different strategies that we can kind of promote to live that active and healthy lifestyle. But first and foremost, I kind of want to introduce Daniel Viskovich. He's uh, been a good friend of mine for the last probably what, four years now? Yeah, time flies, yeah. Four years, and I've had the pleasure to work with Daniel Viskovich when I was uh, over at Exos with Google. Um, we were performance specialists, kind of helping out with the corporate wellness program there and that specific location. And our friendship and relationship kind of just grew from there. You know, our, our love for the field of strength and conditioning, personal training, health coaching, and all of that kind of really stemmed and, and grew. It grew further just because we have very similar interests when it comes to the field of just education and fitness and wellness. But I'm gonna let Daniel take it away and kind of introduce himself and his background, education and all that. Yeah, I appreciate that, Dane. Thanks for the kind words and I'm grateful for you to have me on here. Absolutely. Yeah, like Dane mentioned, um, a couple of years ago, we met at Exos at Google while we were working in, with Google employees, kind of helping them improve their health and well-being. And through our journeys, we both kind of ended up on this path with Dane and Alex at Linked Fit. And now myself, as of kind of January this past year, opening up DV Health and Performance, where right. I work one-on-one -on -one with clients to, you know, build and sustain healthy lifestyles through health coaching. So I'm a board-certified health and wellness coach, as well as a lifestyle medicine coach. And kind of, you know, the real aim is to, to understand how does lifestyle connect with our personal health and how do we build in these practices to almost make it like an easy transition into a healthy lifestyle, you know? Sometimes change can be abrupt. I know you've written articles on that topic. So really health coaching is allowing us to kind of sit with where we're at. Let's see where we want to go and let's figure out how we're going to do that. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much that goes in depth and I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand that. You know, being a coach, we wear a lot of hats. You know, yeah. we're wearing a lot of different belts and it's our job to kind of not necessarily take control of every single situation, but more in depth of, making sure that we have a general understanding of it. You know, we're gonna have our niches, we're gonna have our focuses and maybe a little bit more in depth of approach because of my particular experiences. Mm -hmm. But we need to understand that recommendations, referring out to other individuals is necessary. And I think that's a lot of things that we're gonna be talking about today is when we go through these strategies is not necessarily that we always have the answers, but there's so many other leading experts, leading professionals that truly understand things at a higher level than we do and it's okay I mean it's okay to be a coach like that I mean it's not necessarily like oh damn we don't know it but it's like no someone might know things a little bit better level and we can keep expanding on that and building our network and all of that but this is going to be a great episode anyone that is watching again creating healthy habits and we're going to talk about strategies strategies that Daniel has developed with his company, DV Health and Performance, and his methodology, what he really believes to be the most unique approach. You know, when working with individuals, you want to make sure that you have an individual that's dedicated to the field. And truthfully, Daniel is one of those individuals. He is dedicated not necessarily just in the field of helping out individuals, but he wants to continue to learn and expand. And if Daniel didn't talk about it, one of the other areas that we actually know each other is from a PhD program at Rocky Mountain University of Health Professions. We were 
been at many different on sites. You know, I know you were starting the program and, you know, we kind of talked about all these different things and his, his passion for it, his continued development. And if you follow him on social media, look at how many different articles he's posting, look how many different books he is reading. So definitely recommend to follow him and keep following the journey. And if you guys are looking for health coaching. He is your man, but I'm going to let Daniel take it away and kind of get started with uh, pretty much our presentation and what we're going to be discussing today. Yeah. Thanks, Dane. So I've got a little short, little presentation prepared to love to have kind of a discussion through as I share and we kind of go back and forth talking about it. Um, and this is actually a presentation I've developed for a corporate wellness event that I'm going to be working with clients next week or excuse me, clients, but uh, employees next week to share and foster some ideas for them at that company. So yeah, going into it, creating healthy habits, sharing some strategies, hopefully some tangible tools that we can provide you that you can walk away with and perhaps, who knows, use this evening, use tomorrow. So moving into it to start, I actually want to share the overall change framework or the overarching change framework that I use in my coaching practice. And that's along the lines of awareness, intention, and action. So when we break that down, we think about, well, awareness, the piece is we need to know where we are what our current status is. So some questions I'd love to throw out if, you, if anybody wants to jot down are, and these are questions I use sort of at the beginning of my coaching practice to gauge the landscape, is what's going well right now as it relates to our health and well-being? What challenges might we be having as it relates to our health and well-being? Some others could be, what are some areas that we are interested in improving? in our health and well-being. And lastly, potentially building into it is maybe what's that one small step that we can take to improve our health and well-being. So maybe those are some ideas that you could perhaps just, you know, journal, reflect, have a thought exercise on. But the awareness piece leads into the intention, kind of that third question I just asked of, well, where do we want to take it? What do we want to do to get to where we want to be? And ultimately that culminates in action, right? Because lifestyle is about practices and taking action, movement, nutrition, recovery, stress management, things that we can do, you know? Um, so then, thanks for letting me share that. Let's move into our first strategy, huh? Absolutely. Okay, cool. So our first strategy, um, when we think about it, it's really thinking about creating the right environment for success. And there's, there's a lot of different things that go into that. Specifically right now, living at home, everybody's living at home, so to say. There's some unique challenges that arise from that right so when we first think about the physical aspect that's that's our setup that's what our work home fitness boundaries look like so question there could be do we have a space that we can perhaps dedicate or use for movement related exercises does it have enough space things like that other ideas on the physical aspect are since we're staying so long at home do we have nutritious foods available or do we have, you know, our junk food available easy at hand? What are we allowing in the house that, you know, if we're mindless and just go grab something, can it be a bowl of fruit instead of who knows, a, a cookie sandwich in the fridge or whatever that is? And then lastly, you know, one that I've, I've heard many people struggling with over the past month or so is not being able to fall asleep at night, right? And that could potentially stem from the idea of working in bed or doing any sort of laptop work in bed or anything like that. If we're perhaps on our laptop 
in bed any time of the day, whether it's working, whether it's doing anything at night, we're actually wiring our brain to tell us, let's, let's think while we're in bed, which we don't want to do, right? We want to shut it down. So that's our physical space. Next is the home culture. And this is actually a concept that I had the okay from a previous client to, sh to share to everybody because I thought it was just so valuable. And that was, well, coming into the situation, this client really had the interest in, you know, making sure movement was going well at home, like they were doing prior to this. Well, the realization through our conversation came up that they needed to kind of set the expectations in the household with a significant other and a young child in place, right? So what, what conversations perhaps need to be had to either teach our kids, if we have them, that, you know, movement's important right now. It's part of our routine. Or is that expectation there with our significant other that, hey, I need a little bit of time to, you know, relieve some stress by working out or just move my body and sweat. So it's kind of like a, a meta thought, right, is the, the home culture that's there. And then the last piece to the environment, maybe something folks can use is the concept of habit stacking, which developed by Dr. B.J. Fogg at Stanford, who's a researcher and behavioral scientist. He came up with this notion of habit stacking, which is if there's something new that we want to do, let's add it to an already existing habit that we're doing each day. So a quick example of that is I, I myself have struggled falling asleep at night, maybe over the past couple of weeks, right? And it's been tough. I've made sure to pull back from the laptop at bed, but I'm using habit stacking to say, okay, when I lie down for bed, I'm going to grab my headphones and do a quick 10 minute meditation to wind me down. So there's an example, you can use it any different practice, any different time of day. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, they go so deep when, you know, you're talking about creating an environment to be successful. And I think that's, that's so, so important to be the number one strategy is talking about the environment. If you have dysfunctions, errors, faults within your environment, that's really going to take down the opportunities to build those habits, to build the culture that you want and to be the physical individual that you want to be. So, and actually I kind of wanted you to expand a little bit more. I mean, of course, when you're building habits, there's so many different types of literature out there, different professionals that, you know, hammer down specific things. And, you know, I've seen that just coming from different coaches that, okay, this habit I want you to focus on, this habit I want you to focus on, another habit I want you to focus on, another habit I want to focus on. What would you recommend to the viewers and the listeners about potentially how many habits should they be stacking on at one particular point in time? You know, I think that's a really good question uh, that, you, that you raised there, right? Because we may want to think like, oh, somebody wants to jump out of the gun and like load up 15 of them, right? Well, you know, some thoughts come to mind when you share that. And that is first, what feels comfortable for you? And, and I think actually moving into this next strategy may ultimately answer that question. So let's dive into it a little bit. I'm going gonna, gonna to move us forward here. And when we think about exactly what you just said is what's best for that you, that person right now in this moment, if perhaps you may not have exercised for say the past five years, now's not the time to train for a triathlon. So to say, right, just as an example there, so some, some ideas to think about when we're thinking about like what works best for us now is 
chunking it down first. If we're moving into a new behavior, let's start small. Going back to, to Dr. BJ Fogg, because I've taken some coursework from him and I really think he's a bright mind in this field. He's got a book out called Tiny Habits, if anybody's interested. Um, it's, a, it's a fantastic read and it goes into some science and pretty good with stories and things like that. Um, but first making it small, right? What's something that we can put in that not only we can be successful at on a day-to-day -day basis, but we can also sustain over the long run. So an example could be if, if perhaps, because Dane, you and I come primarily from the movement field in our backgrounds, yeah. let's say exercise, right? Well, if we have an individual who perhaps, let's use that same example, hasn't exercised for any committed amount of time for the past five years, well, then that's going to look a little different than the individual that wants to continue their 30-minute HIIT training four days a week on a consistent basis, right? So small could be if you are in a safe location at the moment and can safely socially distance, perhaps that's a short walk. And if it's not, maybe we can share some tools at the later end with apps and online resources that you can do in the comfort of your home that can take five, 10 minutes to do. Along the lines of small is also easy, right? So we want to make the healthy choice or the healthy option, the easy option, right? So when we think staying on lines with movement, it's, well, let's find a workout routine that maybe isn't completely complicated. I gotta be doing backflips. I don't know, whatever you guys wanna be doing, right? Why don't stick to some basic fundamental movements, perhaps yoga, perhaps it's, you know, body weight, training in place. I just this morning took a class on the Peloton app, which was a body weight 20 minute conditioning circuit. And I thought easy movements, not that hard to learn. So let's uh, boil it down or dial it back, right? And then the third one is make it fun. And when I say make it fun, there's kind of a couple fronts on that, right? Let's, let's do what we like to do, what we enjoy, perhaps. It's, if, I don't, if I'm somebody that doesn't like weightlifting right now, Maybe I shouldn't be weightlifting right now. Maybe I can opt for other options. But at the same time, I throw make it fun in there because we perhaps are at home. I myself don't have kids, but I have several clients that do and several people that are trying to work through this, getting movement in while having kids at home. Well, perhaps we need to take a slightly different perspective as to what movement is right now. And that could be playing with the kids running around chasing them. I, you know what I mean? That kind of Absolutely. thing. So that's, that's movement. Movement is movement right now. And what we saw last week coming out and I, one of the big headline newspapers is that our movement's down like 45% since this all started. So we need movement. That's going to help us feel better, recover better at night. We'd be surprised to know that, or maybe we aren't surprised to know that if we move and exhaust ourselves physically during the day, we can actually sleep better at night. You know, that's going to be part of the equation. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I mean, last, yeah, I love go that, ahead. And I mean, the fun part is so critical, like yeah. so overlooked. Yeah. And then to, to finish out, uh, this, this second strategy here is celebrate it. Dialing it back to BJ Fogg. The neuroscience is telling us that in order to wire in that habit, if we want it to stick, right, we need to tie emotion to it. So what I love is he said, once you get it done, just give yourself like a yeah fist pump or something. It may seem, you know, it may seem whatever you want to seem it as. 
But what we actually know from the brain sciences is that when we tie positive emotion to getting a behavior done, it's going to be more apt to do that the next time. I'm even learning that today we got a new dog and I'm, we're training the dog today and we are reinforcing good behaviors with positive emotion, right? Or rewards, so to say. Uh, so it's such an interesting aspect. Um, so there's a second strategy. Absolutely, man. I, mean, I love that. I mean, it's, we see it a lot. We see a lot within, you know, coaching, getting into assessments, um, specifically within my world of just like fitness coaching and online coaching, you know, is, is wanting to, to jump the gun really fast. And so I always encourage, you know, clients to start small, you know, they want to go five days a week, they want to go to the seven days a week. And I'm like, well, what were you doing before? And they haven't been doing much, um, if not anything at all. So why would we really want to make the big jump right from the start? And, you know, as you mentioned within strategy too, it's about, you know, doing what's best for you. Don't really think about your neighbor. Don't think about the person next to you. Don't think about the person two uh, treadmills down at the gym doing a specific interval training or something. You need to do what's more important for you. That's going to be determined on the goals that you might have. And I mean, that third one, truthfully, I love that. That's why I kind of want, I jumped in a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's really one of the biggest things when it comes into just health, lifestyle, fitness, wellness is you want to have fun within the process. Once you omit the fun principle, the fun actually environment from any type of training or whatever the case may be, nutrition or losing weight, it bogs it down a little bit. I mean, it, it takes the joy out of it. And once you're not having fun and you're not smiling and everything, it, it just becomes one of those negative situations. And we don't want to be negative when we're kind of talking about these strategies and, you know, and, and being realistic because fun is ultimately the biggest thing. I mean, truthfully, I love working out. I mean, that's one of my biggest things that I love to do. I mean, are there days that personally me that I'm like, you know what, I'm lacking energy a little bit. I didn't sleep well, but I try to always have fun with it. You know, I'm, I, I love it because yeah. I love the feeling of it, but you know, there are different types of fitness programs out there, different ways that you can kind of integrate that fun. And I love that, man. I mean, I truly, I love that third one. I mean, it, it goes a long <laughs> way. Um, and actually, I kind of wanted uh, to yeah. touch up a little bit. You know, when we're talking about like just specific goals in mind, um, it, like, we could talk about yeah. anything. I'll let you kind of come up with the example. You know, if say if it was fitness, nutrition or anything, what does it really mean by going small? Like, what, what do you mean by that? Like, let's make it small. Is it more about the time? Is it more about one particular habit? Or what do you mean by that? I'll give you first the, the famous and hilariously funny example that uh, Dr. Fogg gave in his classes. And that was, after he uses the bathroom, he does two push-ups. Okay. And, and I, that stuck with me as a funny one. But yeah, and when you talk about small, we can think of it in multiple, multiple realms like that. You can go time. Like when we talk about, well, we want to get maybe five minutes of movement, maybe it's stretching in the morning. That's starting out small, right? Or it's perhaps switching to a standing desk for half an hour. Small way to build up posture so that we're not in that, you know, sitting environment that we are all day. So it can be time. On the nutrition front, like you asked, not just we're not all fitness here, right? On the nutrition front, is it perhaps 
maybe we're not so to say happy with maybe where our meals are at at the moment well can we switch breakfast can we can we swap maybe the unhealthy bagel and cream cheese and black coffee with perhaps something that maybe we can make taste good like a fun overnight oats recipe that will both be delicious and nutritious for us super small changes you know we don't need to we don't need to overhaul and come out of the gates and run into a brick wall you know what i mean oh absolutely i mean it goes far i mean anyone yeah. that is listening to this watching this whatever uh, media that you are using when you are starting any type of journey don't necessarily think that the more is better you know starting yeah. small isn't a bad thing you know you want to make it easy you want to make it fun you want to be able to celebrate it but starting small is really going to help you establish the guidelines and truthfully the process that you want to be successful. We have to make a routine. Um, and I know that we're going to be talking about these things, but I mean, strategy number two is, is truthfully determining what is best for you and not anybody else. Only you, yeah. no one next door not your mom, not your dad, individually for you. And it's going to be different from everybody. Yeah, we all have unique needs. Some people might be movers and need challenge with sleep. Some people may be sleeping like a baby, but not moving as much, right? So we all have different demands. So moving into our next strategy, we want to talk about the idea of reducing cognitive load or cognitive demands, right? So this is really when we're getting into well, I have an idea in mind of what I want to do. Now I need to figure out how the heck is that going to work, right? So if we went about it and let's say I wanted to then wake up and do 10 minutes of exercise every morning and I'm just going to stick with that. Okay, well, I could wake up that next morning and not have a plan in place. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do for 10 minutes of exercise? Where am I going to do it? Oh, I've got to get on a phone call in half an hour too. So some ideas are to perhaps plan ahead. If it's movement, do we know what movements we're going to be doing that day? If it's nutrition, do we have what's in the fridge ready to be cooked? Have we actually already cooked it ahead of time to allow us to just make it easy in that moment, dialing it back to number two, make the easy choice or make the healthy choice the easy choice, right? Uh, going into the second one, scheduling it in. This is a common strategy used by many folks um, I've seen in the past and worked with in the past that incorporate perhaps their work calendar or whichever calendar that they use on a daily basis to actually physically create an event that says, hey, I'm exercising for half an hour. Hey, I'm meditating for 15 minutes. It's either a timer, right? Or excuse me, a, a a timing to allow them to remind themselves to do it or it's I'm blocking this off and this is important to me right now so I, I don't want to be disturbed schedule it in there that's going to help you remember it's going to help you get it done when you're there and the last idea on that is use the guided resource right going back to reducing cognitive demands well if I want to do a weight training workout but I don't know much about perhaps weight training well, there's a lot of options available that we're going to talk through in a couple slides from now that, you know what, just plug and play, turn it on, show up, perhaps bring a yoga mat and some water, and you're good to go. They've got you covered, you know? 
Absolutely. I mean, I love that, man. This is, this is huge. You know, when I first was, you know, reading this, when I was like, you know, reducing cognitive demands, I was like, hmm, like, (laughs) what does that really mean? But, you know, the bullet points really hit home and it really provides that in depth that once we get to a point of overload, we fail. And, you know, that's our big thing is we want to have a brain capacity that can only do what we need to get done. Just because I know a lot of people are like, all right, I got to get this done. 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 Yeah. I'm like, well, shit, like, when are you going to get it yeah. done? So it's like providing that, that plan. I, I think that's one of those things. A lot of people not necessarily, they don't do, you know, they might have something, but you know, making a plan. And as you've shown in this picture right here, you know, Monday all the way through Sunday, plan it out ahead, you know, put it in your schedule in there being like, all right, maybe personal things are at this time. And I'll kind of lay out a little bit of a foundation for what I do personally is my Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays are kind of like my bigger load days where I focus a lot about work. And I'm not necessarily in that my other days I don't focus on work. But my Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays are more in graphs with just the things that I have to get done on a business portion to coaching and all of that. And my Thursdays mm-hmm. and my Tuesdays are a little bit more of maybe personal things that I got to get done and maybe spending time with family and friends. Don't get me wrong. There are days that, you know, I kind of have to switch things over a little bit, but that's kind of something that's worked for me. And it's just a personal thing that has worked for me. And, you know, I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody else, but planning is going to be huge. Um, and actually I kind of wanted to ask a little bit more is, could you explain a little bit? You said schedule it in. What, like, what are some recommendations that you have to potentially just elevate somebody's scheduling techniques um, with maybe different software paper? Like what would you recommend? Yeah. Okay. So good question. I think, you know, whatever, it, first off, it would be, are you currently using any sort of schedule? Is it your, I, I use Gmail for my business account and that's where I actually also schedule anything else that I need to be doing, right? So first is finding what is easiest for you and what you can refer back to often. So perhaps it's a web-based calendar. Some people like to go old school and write it down, right? Um, so wherever that goes, that works. Perhaps it's a strategy of, well, and, you know, shout out to Dave Bauman. He, he's the guy that has been on my Instagram and, and shared actually his philosophy for scheduling. I'll pull that in here is that he sits down on Sundays, maps out what he wants to do for the week. So maybe it takes a little bit of work to front load, but what that provides at the end. And, and what I wanted to touch on building upon what you said is, you gave a prime example of how many different aspects of life that can support. You shared business related. We can schedule in, okay, on Thursday of this week, I need to go grocery shopping so that on Sunday of this week, I can cook meals that I can eat for the first half of the week or all week, right? Yeah. Scheduling, I, I've done this in the past. I'm 9.30, put it on an alarm on my phone, shut it down. Like, you know, don't use any screens. Maybe it's get that meditation practice in. So I guess reminders and alarms go into scheduling as well, right? You can even do that in, you know, we got fitness. We got so many aspects that we can do that in. Yeah, I mean, technology is is one of our good friends. I mean, unfortunately, there's some things that we were like, oh, man, like my technology isn't working. But 
you know, backup plans are always a good thing, but I mean, I'm with you. I love that. That's I mean, right. I'm, I'm, I'm organized when it comes to Google calendars and, you know, putting things in and specific things, meetings to putting articles out to content, working on the website to other business things, administrations, operations, our operations, whatever it may be is I'm trying to put things into a category is just, it helps me be structured. It helps me actually see things out. And don't get me wrong, even though I, I do this all the time where I put things in and then sometimes I have to move them around. It's just, you know, it's, that's the thing about life. Sometimes, you know, we have a stretch uh, schedule that we do. And then all of a sudden you come up to the day, you're like, ah, I, I can't do that. I got to do that. I got to go to the post office. I got to do this. And it took a little bit longer than, I mean, I've been to the secretary of state, secretary of state is taking me like three hours once. And I'm like, all right, everything that I just had in my schedule now needs to be pretty much omitted or moved to the other day. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I love that schedule you, or strategy three is huge. You bring up a brilliant concept or point there that I'd love to just touch on a little bit further. And that's having some self-compassion when perhaps we, things don't go the way that we do, right? Often in my coaching practice, each week, if we have goals that we put in place, well, the next week I see you, we're talking about that goal, breaking down that goal and ultimately trying to find the learning that happened out of that, right? We can see building habits as an experiment. We can say, okay, well, you know what? I scheduled in Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to do some exercise and then get there Thursday morning. Oh, a meeting came up. Yeah. Well, let's take the perspective of, well, you know what? That's a learning opportunity to know that, you know, that's not going to work for me there. Can we figure out something else that works? Yeah. And it's just that little bit of, you know, let's drop the shoulders a little bit. Let's understand it and let's, See if we can just change it moving forward. No harm, no foul, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes we got to tweak things in life. And, yeah, you know, and it's all about what you state within your strategy three. It's reducing the cognitive demands. And yeah. you know, we, unfortunately, we know we do have breaking points. We do have points where we get overload. And, you know, taking those little maybe mini vacations or going for a drive or whatever the case may be. I mean, there's so many things that you can do. But, yeah, scheduling is is huge. And I think it, it can help out a lot yeah. of people, truthfully. And uh, man, you've got, you've got our brains rolling on this. My last point on this topic <laughs> is actually the notion of scheduling in downtime. Yeah. I just saw on LinkedIn the other day that due to what's going on, we're working like 16 hours a day now is the average or something like that. So maybe we need to actually understand and schedule in, hey, six o'clock at night, I'm shutting it down or whatever works for you. Bring some awareness to that. It's huge. So let's move into the last strategy that I want to share today. This one's pretty simple, pretty fun one. And, and it can be really effective. And that's finding a buddy and committing together. So having some form of accountability, perhaps it's a coach, perhaps it's a coworker, perhaps it's your best friend, perhaps it's your spouse, somebody that you can connect with, maybe somebody is also going through similar challenges right now, you two can link up and say, hey, why don't we do this together? Let's touch base on a call 10 minutes, 15 minutes a week. I actually do that in two different areas of my life right now, twice a week with, so, with two different people. So when you build in that space, it allows for you to kind of be accountable to that person, but you can also be of support and service for somebody else. So, and, and a good friend of mine, Andrew, as I was developing this, 
I actually got some input from my friends to see, well, what are they doing? You know, because oftentimes a lot of people's ideas can be so valuable. Oh, absolutely. So what my good friend Andrew shared with me is that what he does in his accountability buddy groups is clear expectations and boundaries, right? Know where can my buddy really push me or we don't, or do we not have that kind of relationship, right? So laying out what you need from somebody and sharing also what you can provide. And then last piece thrown in is the, the realistic component. And that's, you know, that's an overarching conversation that I think we've been having today is let's put in something that is realistic and sustainable that we can continue down the road. Absolutely, man. I love that. You got to have a buddy. I mean, it, it makes things a little bit more of the, the positive approach. You know, when you can share something with somebody, it makes the experience a little bit more enjoyable. You know, as you talked about, uh, one of the strategies is, you know, having fun, like, and if you can have fun with somebody else by actually finding the buddy and committing with them, you know, you both can now actually have the expectations, as you mentioned, to keep pushing one another. Um, and, you know, a lot of times, as you know, it's like your, your external motivators. And I'll kind of like relate that a little bit is, you know, having these individuals that kind of know your journey, potentially are sharing your journey is they can motivate you. They know how to motivate you because they know you and they actually want to deal with the same thing that you're going with. So they know the things that they want to say. They know the things that they're actually going to push you and they potentially know your if factor. You're like, why are you doing this? But I highly recommend that. I mean, and actually I kind of wanted to go a little bit more. When you talk about realistic goals, like what do you, what do you recommend to potentially develop the goal? Um, like how, like, how do you recommend to kind of structure it, organize it and all that? Yeah. You know, I think the first thing that comes to mind, similar to what we've shared here today is what do we feel confident at that we can achieve? Perhaps maybe it is a little bit of a stretch. Perhaps if you're working with a coach and I'm working with a client, I'll say, okay, you know, that sounds good. I think you might have a little bit more in you there to do but ultimately can we build sustainable progress down the road so realistic expectations if i'm an individual that perhaps is following what they call the standard american diet right which is just not being mindful about what we're eating all of a sudden i'm not gonna go full out whatever if you have a nutrition philosophy if you just want to change all three meals that's tough to do and in a way it's setting us up for failure so realistically and just what we do in in our coaching sessions is oftentimes all the clients say you know what i'm going to do this and maybe as an example a few weeks ago one client of mine shared an interest in adding some movement right now right this person thought you know what i could go i can go seven days a week why not i just i sat with them and i said is that realistic for you right now? From there, we realized, and you know what? Three or four is a good place to start. And let's see where we take it there. You know? Yeah, we, we see that a lot, truthfully. And, you know, realistically, it's like, what are the things that you can accomplish at that one given time? You know, is it going to change? Your realistic expectations are going to change. 
you're going to understand your boundaries a little bit more. Um, and I think when you are developing a goal, truthfully, you're going to achieve something. But if, as you mentioned earlier, starting small is going to be one of those biggest things, you know, having a little teeny hand in the jar. And what I mean by that is, you know, taking little teeny bites at once at something, potentially seeing how your body reacts, seeing how you like it, seeing if you want to change it. Because, you know, necessarily that you, you develop one thing, but you're like, you know what, my realistic approach on that necessarily wasn't the most beneficial. And one of the things that we really love to do at LinkedIn is talking about the SMART goals is, you know, making sure that each one of these guidelines are going to be appropriate. But I mean, going back to just, you know, strategy four, you hit the dot on that. And I love it. I love the fact that, you know, getting a buddy is going to empower you. It's going to elevate you on a different strategy. And as you mentioned, you know, it could be your wife. I know that, you know, my wife, my business partner, you know, we wanted to develop a company that had the expectation to do something, had the realistic goals on, you know, achieving the highest priority of fitness and all that. And that was the individual I wanted to bring. And that's what individual I wanted to actually do a company with just because we see things on the same path. And that's really going to help, you You know, committing together and understanding that when we take the appropriate steps, it's going to achieve the greatest masterpiece in the end. And, And, you know, like I mentioned, you know, that's business, but you know, business, uh, relates to accountability, fitness can relate to accountability. I mean, everything has to be planned ahead and scheduled into it. And it's a matter of what you want to do within your life, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, you're right. And what comes up for me there, as you say that, is the, the overarching idea dating, or leading back to awareness, intention, action, is ultimately, where do we want to go? In, in coaching, when I work with clients, the first thing we do is gain clarity on what is that specific vision that you want? Like, let's spend some time getting nitty gritty clear down to like closing our eyes, literally visualizing it, stealing it from sports psychology, right? Let's see it. Let's see the details. Let's see that. When we do that, we can just reverse engineer back and figure out what habits I want, whether it's business that we're doing and planning, whether it's what healthy habits I need for my life right now. So that's one, one thought I wanted to share there that didn't leave us in this conversation was what are we building towards? Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. We want to have that. I mean, that's, that's huge. And I know that now we're going to kind of get into different tips, I think is what it is. And like tools, right? Tools. Yeah. So let's get into the tangible, right? Let's get into maybe hopefully somebody picks up something from this next section yeah. that maybe it's a free app that they download and they use tonight. They use tomorrow for anything. So there's a couple of different areas that we're going to talk about right now. And hopefully if you got your pen and paper ready, let's write some of these down, you know? <laughs> so first is movement. You know, Dane, Dane and I come from that world of strength and conditioning and movement previously, right? So the idea of what are these guided resources leading back to one of our previous strategies of reducing cognitive demand, what guided resource can we use and put into place to help us make these habits and these practices easier? So the first one is a local or online movement practitioner. Hint, hint, linked fit. An option like that, right? We have many folks that are looking to support individuals right now via online training, via online yoga classes, via online 
personalized programming. Some other options for folks, if they wanted to go the technology route, could be using an app that guides classes or guides you through the movements, teaches them, walks you through them, such as, some examples include Nike Training Club, the Peloton app. I know I had somebody the other day recommend to me ClassPass Go, which I didn't even know ClassPass was doing live studio classes, but hey, they're doing that too. And then for the folks that like yoga out there, I know that a popular one, at least out here in California, I believe, is Asana Rebel, right? So there's a lot of options available for folks. Many of them are providing perhaps either a discounted for the time being or free platform. I just know, I just, Nike training app, I believe they gave their premium service out to people for free right now. So why not take advantage of, of some of those things if we can, you know? Absolutely. What I, I do want to preface and say, though, is that if we're somebody who perhaps hasn't moved and we need a little bit of guidance, let's just put a little bit of thought into where we do go. If, if we don't want to go, like we talked about, going unrealistic, going into things perhaps too quickly, leading to injury. So some thought goes to actually, which bullet point do I need in my life? Do I need that guided kind of a little bit higher touch, individualized, which many people in today's society do need, let's be honest. Or am I somebody who has been training, it's going well, I feel good and comfortable in my movements. I'll sign up and see, you know, what Peloton or ClassPass is offering. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, there's so much. I mean, I'm going to give a big shout out to just a lot of the movement practitioners and online movement specialists out there. There's so many and there's so many great individuals. Um, And unfortunately, I'll say this, there's a lot of pseudoscience out there. And, Mm. you know, we want to make sure that if you are doing some sort of movement techniques, movement programs, training programs, um, working with somebody is, is do your research on it, you know, make sure that you understand who they are. You know, building the relationship is one of the biggest things that should be on the mind of the coach. Um, you know, we can, we can all crush people. You know, I, I think that's one of the biggest things that a lot of personal trainers and coaches can do is, you know, if we want to make someone sweat, we want to make someone sore, we can do it. Um, and I really live by the approach of being customized, you know, really bringing the personal approach to many of the training programs that we do. And you know, just I, I want to make sure that when you guys are doing things is do them correctly. If you need to consult with somebody, consult with somebody, you know, make sure that you are squatting, yeah. right. make sure that you're doing a push up right, make sure that you're holding a, a pillar bridge, right? Because these things are going to transfer to many other things that you can do in the future, many other greater movements, progressions, that's what we really like to strive with is because in order to do the achievements, Say if it is fitness parameters, you know, you're trying to get stronger, you're trying to get to that bench press, that max deadlift or whatever the case may be is the overload principle. We should really kind of steadily progress that. And, you know, not necessarily always saying having the badass workout every single time, but, you know, there are a lot of experts out there, a lot of great applications as um, Daniel mentioned. I mean, look at these. There's so many leading experts, leading companies that are doing great things that are actually going to be beneficial. I mean, I know personal trainers, coaches out there that are doing things online and they have over a thousand clients. I'm like, damn, like that is great, but they're doing something right. 
their methodology is doing something right, and they're achieving the goals that their clients want. So, I mean, that's huge. Just make sure that you guys are doing your homework on that. But yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's huge. I mean, great applications right here. I mean, shout out to Nike, Peloton, ClassPass, Asana Rebel. Great ways to either get your movement increased or just either jump in the gun and actually starting to do stuff from ground zero. Yeah, yeah, well said. Having the awareness of what do I need in my life right now? Yeah. Higher guidance, lower guidance. You see a lot of practitioners right now offering something you know, it's simple as form check. I just got to make sure that deadlift's right. I got to do that kind of thing. Yeah. So let's move into our next category here, and that's nutrition. So if we are stuck, kind of don't know where to go, right, here are some options for you. Similar to those movement practitioners, lots of local nutritionists, local registered dietitians or clinical nutrition specialists are out there and available to chat, you know, online and allows you to go super specific. Let's, let's talk about meal plans and things like that. Those are great resources for you people to actually connect with and provide, just like Linked Fit would provide a real customized movement programming approach. Let's have that help on nutrition perhaps if we need. If we don't wanna go that far and perhaps we just wanna make some small healthy habit changes, doesn't require having a whole meal plan, things like that, there are some great resources available online. Uh, shout out, the first one is Precision Nutrition. Dr. Dr. John Berardi, who just came out with a great book called Changemaker. His website and the blog at Precision Nutrition can provide a lot of great information. If you're just starting out, if you're somewhere in between and want to take it nutrition to the next level, or if you want to go deep into the science, I'm pretty sure it's on there too, you know what I mean? Some other options, the MyPlate app, if there's people that are really interested in like dialing it in to, I want to know the specifics of my proteins, fats, carbs, et cetera, and tracking and measuring that, MyPlate app is an option for you to do that using some technology there. Yeah. Eatingwell.com, lots of recipes, right? Depending upon how, maybe what our nutrition philosophy is, if we're eating a certain way, such as vegetarian, keto, Mediterranean, etc. They have options for you there and recipes. Let's make it fun. Let's make something that tastes good. You know, not perhaps just a bland salad. Let's make something that's nice, you know. And then lastly, on the, the nutrition information is also the nutrition source from Harvard, which they've been doing, I think, a lot more in the past couple of years from the Harvard Public School of Health to really put up some good nutrition info similar in nature to kind of what precision nutrition is doing more so targeted at education targeted at let's let's learn more about what nutrition looks like or what healthy eating can look like for us oh absolutely man nutrition's huge i mean in order to yeah. establish the good groundworks of a training program the nutrition is what really can help push the fueling process is to really push the energy levels and, and that's huge. I mean, if you are trying to recover, I mean, that's the biggest thing that I like to do within my independent research. And here at Link Fit, you know, we have created the recovery cycle clinic and nutrition is a part of that. I mean, we have to understand that, you know, macronutrients are huge. Hydration status is huge. The micronutrients that go into the body is going to be huge. Those little teeny things are going to really set someone apart from left to right. And I'm going to give a big shout out to 
Alex Bart, our Barts is coming out with a great uh, ebook here at Links Fit and it's called Nourished. You know, we yeah. talk about these things. We talk about in this book is, you know, the science talking about what really each macronutrient, micronutrient really means and, and you know, what is it doing to the body? And, you know, big thing that we try to push with all of our clients is, you know, you want to make things simple, easy, delicious, and nutritious. You know, it's, it's not necessarily trying to come up with the latest fad. You know, we want to make these habits just because, yeah, and you have a 12-week program, you have a 52-week program, whatever the case may be, are you going to keep sustainability in that long run? And that's what we really want to do with nutrition is, is keep pushing forward. You know, you don't want to stop and all of a sudden gain the weight back. We want to keep the habits. And the, this is where I'll kind of lead our exit off of this one is, you know, a lot of people always have potentially those bad days where it's just the one day that they kind of binge or something like that. But don't let that steer you off path. Keep pushing forward, get back on track. Just because you had one bad lunch, maybe had a little bit more calories than you wanted, you had some ice cream or something, went out with you with your family. Well, get back on track at dinner. You know, maybe you might have to do some modifications and everything, but don't let that steer. What um can I actually ask? What is um the change maker? What did you talk about that one? What is the the book that you actually mentioned with John Berardi? Yeah, so Dr. John Berardi, I think last year came out with a book called Change Makers, and I was actually incredibly excited to see that book. And for any coaches uh, watching, I highly recommend it to you. What what he wrote in that is similar to what I've been working towards in the past couple years in my career and that's leading people towards lifestyle habits and changes as opposed to I'm an expert and I'm just going to stand here and tell you what to do like in a boot camp you know what I mean right and that's what we see in perhaps the fitness culture in many places but if you can for this specifically for coaches it's starting to understand the psychology of change it's starting to understand we need to meet clients where they're at and support them with where they want to be. I, when I work, when I sit down with the client and speak with them, and this is, these are concepts coming from change maker and coming from the field of health coaching. I say, I'll sit down with a client and I say, Hey, I'm not the expert in your life. I'm going to work with you and guide you to where you want to get to. Perhaps I have some knowledge I can impart on you, but it's, it's up to you to realize where you want to go and let's figure out together how we want to get there. So, and along that, Changemaker also has some great content on, you know, thoughts on business strategy and things like that. Just overall, a really high quality book that he put out. So it's a great book. I've actually, I'm a little bit over halfway on it and it's a phenomenal book. You know, when it comes to coaching, I, I've said it right when I started reading and I think I was truthfully in like chapter two. It's like, this is going to be a book that I'm going to recommend all coaches, all interns. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, it truthfully, it goes by its name. I mean, it's a, it's a, it changes many different ways that you kind of think about coaching and, and being real with it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I've heard a lot of people just last note on that book. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, this is the book I wish I had at the beginning of my career. Shout out to him. He's doing great work. Absolutely. Yeah. So moving into our next set of tools, mindfulness, so much technology and support that can help us there. 
sometimes some folks, if we're not practicing mindfulness, are a little bit uneasy about, oh, it's woo-woo and things like that. Well, we do know and experience even anecdotally will tell from people that perhaps can share with you. We do know that it supports stress relief. It supports, you know, changes in the brain, neuroplasticity that's going on, emotional regulations, things like that. It's a great way. I like to use it in my business aspect. It's a great way to get me focused for the day. Get in, get to some either breathing practices or, you know, mindful body awareness scans, things like that. Allows me to dive right in and get into that flow state. So some tools that could help you if you're new to it or want to get some guided options are listed. And, you know, I think first one, I do actually want to give a big shout out to that company. I don't know if they can hear me, but I hope they do, is the Headspace app. You just see every week they've either partnered with anybody that's a healthcare practitioner out here. I do believe that you can still get Headspace all levels for free. No, no charge, right? Similar for Los Angeles County residents, the LA, city of LA partnered with Headspace, give it all for free. Um, some other options are also the Calm app, similar in nature. State Breathing by Brian McKenzie came out with an app that's specifically guided towards uh, breathing. So it's not a focus on body scan or anything like that. It's focusing on focus on the breath through timers and things like that um, to guide us to the benefits that we get there. A uh, great free option is the UCLA Mindfulness app that came out. And for anybody that has kids out there, two weeks ago, Headspace partnered with Sesame Street on YouTube. And they've got like five minute, you know, mindfulness sessions for kids to follow along with. So we can, we can do it as a family if we have kids at home. We can, you know, show benefits or show, maybe use that as a platform to show our young ones, hey, taking care of myself right now, taking care of my well-being is important. Man, imagine what that could do for a child's development if we start to instill being healthy and being well is an important part of living. Absolutely. I mean, I love that. I mean, when it comes to mindfulness, I think it's, you know, one of those things that gets underutilized and, you know, being able to calm yourself down and, and being one with yourself and truly letting the thoughts not necessarily flow away, but to think about them and actually be one with yourself and understanding it and kind of evaluating yourself. And I think a lot of people always do that is when they are going through some sort of breathing practice, meditation, and just being mindful, is they always think that it is trying to ultimately clear your head. Like they're like, oh, like can't like, oh, I'm no more thinking, like I can't, I'm, no, it's, it's, it's a learning curve. You know, I would say that the, probably one of the greatest meditators out there, can they probably have a really good perception of clearing their head? Yes, absolutely. But that isn't the wrong thing, you know, letting your body just keep flowing, keep breathing. And I love that you talked about that in the state app is, you know, the, the properties that come with just a single breath is, is huge. And a lot of my individual research, um, specifically just even with um, recovery and my dissertation is all about HRV. And if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's basically just like another way to measure the nervous system and the activation of it. And breathing is huge. There's so much research on breathing and the ways that we can calm our body down. Just a single breath in and a single breath out can do wonders. You know, if you're ever stressed out, take time to be mindful. 
and, and actually breathe through the process rather than just sitting there and then hoping for the best in the next couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah. And if I can add to that, Dan, you, you echoed something there that was just brilliant. And that is the notion of if it's someone that's just starting out, I'd like to share with you that the mindset that the, the actual benefit from meditation is where we can focus, lose track, and then bring it back. That's actually where the gain is being made. So we, we don't need to get stressed out if perhaps we, we're trying to meditate, we lose thought of something for a full minute and then realize to come it back. No, that's actually the training. That's the focus training that is actually changing the brain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah neuroplasticity right there at the finest. Cool. And uh, lastly, if anybody's interested in neuroplasticity, I, I got to give a shout out to Dr. Andrew Huberman at Stanford Huberman Lab. He's providing incredible brain science content on Instagram. And he is also very um, interactive. I, I'll shoot him a message and he doesn't know me. I don't actually know him, but he'll respond. And I thought, man, that's a cool thing, you know. <laughs> True professional right there. Yeah. So then moving into the concept of mental health, because not all of health is physical, right? I just wanted to provide some resources or ideas to get the, the thoughts going for folks. And those are similar to our movement, similar to our nutrition. There are many folks out there who are local therapists, counselors in your area that are available to sit, work with you, whether it's online, whether it's telephone. If you are in tech and enjoy tech and all that comes with, there are some options of startups that are doing good things too in that space. A couple of them listed BetterHelp and Talkspace, two platforms where you can be connected with a therapist or a counselor and have that relationship, build it there, lean on them for support if we're going through hard times and challenging times right now. The resources are available and we're not alone in this. Absolutely. People are here to help. It's yeah. huge, I mean. I mean, that's honestly where I kind of was mentioning earlier is just having that opportunity as a coach to realize that your expectations as a coach might might be limited. And, you know, having mm -hmm. that opportunity to have a network, um, having these other counselors, having these therapists that are nearby that you can recommend. And yeah. it's not a bad thing. Like a lot of people are like, oh, like you're, you don't know it. But no, I mean, it's like, you know, we, we dedicate our life to particular specific things that we love um, and I'll, I'll kind of give just like a, a backstory about myself is I love recovery you know specific things on how we can recover the body after a training session after sporting events um, through different training protocols nutrition strategies and methodologies and techniques and when it comes to the mental health I know straight up that if you know a client came to me and I, and I saw that I would recommend somebody I mean it's it's out of my scope of practice and it's not a bad thing. And, you know, having these established guidelines for other practitioners is huge. Mm -hmm. and, and if you are a coach, similar to what you said, if you are a coach practicing, whether it's movement or health coaching, and you are perhaps not read up on or feel comfortable with understanding when it is appropriate to refer or have that conversation with your client, let's figure that out. There are some great resources for that. If you perhaps wanted to connect with myself, touch base with me, we can do that. Let's, let's work. Let's build that referral network so that all of our platforms can rise because ultimately we're in the helping profession. Any means necessary, let's just help people. Absolutely. Last one, 
one of my favorite subjects, probably one of your favorite subjects too, Mr. Recovery Man, it is. is sleep. And you know, it's funny. I just took a picture of my new dog today. I should have put that in here because he was sleeping. A, a oh, you bit shut up. Oh, man. <laughs> but I found this guy and I thought, it, I thought he was cute and funny. So some, some concepts around sleep. The first one, not so much a guided resource, actually as a practice. And that's building in some sort of pre-sleep routine that works for you. Whether it's taking a hot shower, winding down, listening to some calming music, I am trying that meditation for myself and it feels like it's working at night. One thing just to note is that if we can, let's reduce the screen time at night. So much is coming out about the effects of blue light screen time in particular on keeping ourselves awake at night, reducing our quality of sleep. So some options could be something like blue blocking glasses. Options on the laptop could be, perhaps I use an app, if I am on my laptop late at night, f.lux or flux, however some people call it. That's an app that will work towards filtering out the blue light. Screen looks a little weird. My fiance doesn't like it at all when, when it's on. It says it gives her a headache. But for some folks, it'll work. Maybe for some folks, it's not. Maybe it's blue blocking. Or just closing the laptop. You know what I mean? Um... The next option or idea is something that personally has been a huge benefit in my life. And I feel like there's a lot of people that could benefit from it too, is the sleep cycle app. And I, I believe I got it years ago. I don't know if it's free or maybe just a few dollars, but my biggest challenge was I hated that annoying alarm clock when you wake up in the morning. That just, we talk about the, the sympathetic parasympathetic nervous systems, right? That just ruined my day from the beginning if I have like that eh, 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 bulky alarm clock. So what Sleep Cycle can do is it'll allow you to set whatever melody or tune they haven't preloaded. So it's just a gentle, easy wake up, you know, make it an easy transition to waking up so that we're not high strung, high tone, you know, sympathetic. Um, and along with that, both Sleep Cycle and Calm app relating back to meditation, they both have different sleep stories. So there's another strategy for folks to fall asleep. Get into a little bit of fiction if you like reading books. Get into listening to those sleep stories to let your mind kind of wander and fall asleep. Another one, bringing it back to Dr. Andrew Huberman, who I learned this from, is the idea of yoga nidra. And yoga nidra is a specific form of guided talk uh, yoga, something similar to meditation, that it just allows us to do some body scans and things like that that puts us to sleep real well. There's a specific YouTube uh, script that I follow. If you find, if you Google on YouTube, yoga nidra meditation, 20 minutes. If you wanna hit me up and I can send that link to you, please feel free. And then the last idea or the option um, is the idea of the whoop band. And it's, I threw this in there because it's one that I've been working with um, in terms of my personal health for about three months now. I have no uh, perhaps affiliation with with any of these or any of these products or anything, but I wanted to share that I anecdotally have had an incredible experience using this whoop band for monitoring my, they call it daily strain. So how much or how elevated my heart rate is during the day, am I getting enough activity in? It's also utilizing that HRV that Dane talked about at night to allow for kind of what's called a recovery um, metric to show me, hey, am I recovered? Did I get a good night's sleep that night? And it's so incredible to see if you, if you go into sleep and you had a couple drinks and went to bed at the time you don't usually go to bed, 
you can see it and it shows not just feel it of course but the metrics show um, so there are tools for you all up and down the price scale if you want to go deep if you want to go free options there's a lot of things available some yeah. folks are even i mean health coaches can work uh, on sleep of course there are also sleep coaches if we perhaps have any sort of in between of dysfunction and performance right a lot of a lot of options available for us absolutely i mean sleep is critical i think it's one of those things that even a dog loves as you can see in that picture right there <laughs> but i mean yeah it's you know you know reducing the amount of time that your body can have the free time of not electronic stimulus yeah. and i think within the day that or the the life that we live today in society pretty much of the culture that we kind of have pushed forward with you know it, it makes it harder it does but you know there's a lot of things out there that we can continue to strive on and sleep is huge i mean that is where the body doesn't necessarily you know a lot of people are like oh it gets completely shut down um it doesn't completely shut down but it reduces the, the stimulus that is happening just from the light, just from activity in that day, but it repairs the body, it regenerates, it gets your body to officially relax, heart rate goes down, HRV goes down to an actual really, really low level. Um, but yeah, I mean, sleep is huge. If you guys aren't, try your best to elevate that as much as you can, increase the enhancement protocol that you can. I mean, there's so many apps out there, there's, there's routines, um, and I know there's a lot of guidelines. Uh, what is actually, can you share kind of like a, what do, what do you like to do um, at night kind of to get ready for bed? Yeah, yeah. So I've experimented, experimented, excuse me, with multiple avenues. For myself in the biggest capacity, it is making sure I'm off screens. Let me get myself off the screen. It's an hour. If we can do two hours off the screen before we go to bed, that's going to boost that sleep quality so much um perhaps if somebody may be falling asleep i've had this happen several times where i'm and many people maybe have i'm falling asleep i get a brilliant idea that i want to work on tomorrow that happens right okay well then let's just perhaps plan ahead and prepare for that and i had a mentor tell me yeah just put a put this notebook with this pen right next to your bed and just write it down that's going to put your brain at ease and then allow you to go to sleep. Um, guided, guided is a great way to go if you need some support. Yoga Nidra, sleep stories, mindfulness meditation. I, I'm surprised at how powerful just a 10 minute breathing meditation can support in my personal life falling asleep. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. we talked about a lot today. I mean, I mean that's my biggest takeaway is, you know, bringing on professionals within the field of every discipline you know it's not necessarily just fitness it's not just wellness i mean there's so many very elite professionals such as yourself man i mean that are are creating content methodologies that are working and are supported by the research and i i, I want to kind of really push forward with that is we want to make sure that we are allowing individuals to educate us that is evidence-based it's not necessarily just the latest fad that we see that someone did because someone told them it was a great way. No, we want to have research on it. And don't get me wrong, you know, there are things that are expert experience-based things, but having that opportunity to pick brains of individuals that have been through the trenches, have worked with numerous clients from many different avenues, from strength and conditioning, athletes, 
to corporate wellness individuals or not corporate wellness, but corporate individuals. Um, just the, the average show going into any type of gym. I mean, we want to have these expectations to be real and understanding boundaries, you know, having fun with it. But I mean, it was a pleasure, man. I, I hope that uh, everyone basically learned something. Yeah, I think there's something in there for everybody. I hope that was my goal. But yeah. Now, uh, anything else that you wanted to touch up on? Uh, one thought, if you don't mind, was the the notion of evidence based, and my my thoughts on evidence based for folks that may not be perhaps in the sciences or coaches that are interested in learning more about what evidence based is, is when someone shares the idea of evidence-based, yes, research is involved. It is one component. Evidence-based means we have an approach that's three-pronged. It is, we're using research. We're using practitioner previous experience. And in one part that I think is also often forgotten are client or patient values and the input of the decision-making that goes into that. Understanding what is important to them, what they need in their lives, and working with them on that. Absolutely, man. There, there's so much to it, but it's a wrap. I know that uh, we've yeah. been talking for a little bit over an hour, and I hope everyone has had an opportunity to uh, pretty much just learn something, write stuff down, and maybe kind of think of something and a strategy that you want to implement. Um, but last thing I kind of want to leave uh, before we kind of sign off, um, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, Daniel, what is your recommendation? Um, how can they get a hold of you to ask any questions? Yeah, you can find me if you want uh, on Instagram at DV Health and Performance. DV Health and Performance is spelled out. Uh, my email, take it down, is dan at dvhp.co. Co. And if you want to check out my website, it's dvhp.co. And that's where I interact with my clients and show the world who I am. And I'm here to help support people. So thanks for letting me share that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, man. Take it easy. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. You as well. See ya. See ya.